Act 1. At the I-15 on-ramp in Ontario, California. There were three of them. Three women holding three signs, one backpack each. The signs they had made were painted with a message they agreed was classic. Vegas or bust. They paired that message with another classic gesture. Their thumbs. Outside Ontario, California, they stood in the dry heat at the on-ramp to the I-15, headed east. The hazy outline of the Angeles Mountains was behind them. They were 200 miles west of the Strip, their destination, but they knew that soon someone would ferry them at least part of the way to Nevada. Someone interesting, they hoped. They lowered their signs and looked away whenever a square-looking couple passed, or anyone driving small children. Cars slowed to read their signs, but then sped off without stopping. Truckers honked, smiled down at them, waved at them, laughed. None offered a ride, but the girls were optimistic. It was still early enough in the day. They had met in Los Angeles, but all three were travelers. They were used to waiting. They weren't afraid of being bored. Eventually, an SUV rolled to a stop just beyond the intersection. The driver said he'd take them as far as Victorville. Without hesitating, all three girls grabbed their backpacks and climbed in. Have you ever picked up the joggers before? One. Oh, who? One. Not far down the road was a prison, he told them. They hadn't known that. They were uncertain about why he even mentioned it. You're from there, what do you mean? I got 23 years. I was out there for 23 years on drugs. Pushing baskets, I weighed about a big 29-inch waist. Whoa. Uh, mm-hmm. When did you first get there? He'd been in and out of jail, he told them. Many times he had promised himself he would do just one hit, and each time the first one turned into a hundred. For two decades, he'd lived like that, until something broke. Yeah. I got tired. I got fed up. With yourself? Yes. In that life? This is, I didn't know who I was, where I was going, what time it was, if I was going or coming he got quiet. One of the girls made a joke about his car, about how nice it was compared to the used car she drove in LA. She described the layer of dust on the dashboard, a broken tape deck, the missing hubcaps, the two doors that wouldn't lock. Timothy nodded, only half hearing her. I was always able to tell when somebody was um, biased or racist or um, just paranoid because when I cross the street and you hear this. He locked his doors. That was the most degrading sound. You know, I, I was not a robber. That was not my thing. I wasn't a thief. I couldn't do that. The girls had the sense that they had heard his confession, that he had told them his story knowing that they would retell it, and that he would never see or hear from them again. Still, it felt abrupt when he pulled off the interstate and into the nearest parking lot. Oh, yeah, where should we go? Where do you think is a good place? Oh, to catch another hitchhiker right there. That's terrible. Oh no, we can't. You will blow them right <laughs> out the water. <laughs> uh, wait, so how old do you think we are? He didn't answer. He just turned the music up. Act two. The shortest distance, the longest ride. In Victorville, they had to spend some time gathering supplies, sunglasses, lipstick, caffeine and sugar, a bikini for the hotel pool in case they needed it, 
Then they found a place to stand near the interstate on-ramp. Drivers were less friendly in Victorville. Most people either stared or averted their eyes completely. The truck drivers continued to lean on their horns, which the girls chose to interpret as gestures of solidarity. By now, they were thinking of themselves as road people, not backpackers. That was the tribe of traveler they had belonged to in Europe and Latin America. Now they were a different kind of transient, the kind that only experienced places along their edges, the kind that never stayed too long in any one location. This time they got a ride from a guy around their age who pulled over in a small car. The woman approached and waited for the passenger side window to drop. It didn't, so they tapped the glass. Is there really room? Where are you Four, three. There's three. I can I can take you to Barso because that's where I'm heading back. Is it just on the 15? Yeah, Barso. Yeah. On the way to Vegas? Let's do it. Yeah. What's your name? Leroy. Leroy, hey. So where are you coming from? What's your uh, story? I live in Barso. Uh, I just came down to get copies. Oh, what do you make copies of? Oh, my son's a uh, football team. It's like a football flyer for the team. Leroy insisted on banalities. If you don't get any luck down there at the AMP, we'll just call you and you can take us to Vegas. I don't even have a cell phone. So. I'm kidding. Wait, you I really would. Don't? Yeah, I don't. No, wow. this is my wife's phone. That sounds like pretty nice. I don't even know her number because I don't have a phone. Wow. Why didn't we get into this earlier in the car ride? <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're really getting to the meat of Leroy. But anyways, <laughs> see, there's a flyers right there. That's another truck restaurant stop. He would discuss landfills, highways, traffic patterns, but when they asked him about his life, his thoughts, his opinions, he got quiet. But they wanted to believe that, like Tim, he had a story, and that they only had to ask the right question to uncover it. Yeah. We just want to know about you. Uh, I guess a typical person who like picks up hitchhikers is, would be more conversational. Unprompted, he gave them a tour of the outlet mall. Then he dropped them off at a truck stop outside Barstow. On the map, there wasn't much between Barstow and Nevada. Just a few small towns, the Mojave Desert to the south. It was getting late, and they worried about hitching along the side of the road in the dark. They wanted their next ride to be the last one, the one that would take them the final hundred or so miles. Outside the truck stop diner, they wandered around, looking for someone willing to give three girls a ride. Do you ever pick pick up a hitchhiker? Nah, but my wife is up in here. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> well, it's not like that. I'm just like, I'm on a ride. Nah. Wait, there's a name for this. You're, you're a woman, so um, you understand. Lot lizard. Yeah. Have you heard this a lot lizard? What's that? You don't want to know. Oh, it's like a, it's like a truck stop for you. Back there, that's it. That's what we look like. Well, that's not what we are here. I, 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 I didn't say y'all was. Y'all don't appear to be to me. I'm just... <laughs> they crossed the street to a gas station and wove a path between the trailers, asking for rides from each driver, all of the men. Okay. Finally, one of them waved from his seat high up above them. The girls waved back. They held up what was left of their signs. Just a word. Vegas. He nodded. Yeah, this is dope. Dude, are we going to get to go unless in? He's DTF. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am like, I, I guess I'm a little nervous about his eagerness to let us in. So, I'm just like, I'm just wondering. I can, I can imagine being a truck driver gets boring, so. 
No, like you want the company. Act three, when English fails you. Dahl seemed cautious. He told them to take their shoes off as they climbed into his rig. No drug, no weapon? No, 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 no. no, no. Seriously? Yes, very serious. We're, uh, I no you. weapons ever, no drugs right now. Behind the front seats, he had a little home. A bed, a fold-out table, a hot plate, a TV. One of the girls rode shotgun, wearing the star-spangled biker do-rag she picked up at the truck stop. You're going to Vegas? Yeah, I'm going. Are you gonna go to like the strip or you sleep in your truck? Me? You just stay in here. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Not the casinos. <laughs> Where'd you start your day today? I am from Canada. You drove from Canada today? I am from Canada. Oh, okay. I'm going to Edmonton. Wait, where? Edmonton? Yeah, Alberta. Yeah. Where did you uh, start this morning? LA. Oh, okay, us too. Oh. We live there. He pulled away from Barstow and back onto the freeway. He told them it had been a while since he had spoken English. It had been even longer since he had talked to a woman in any language. I think so, four years, within four years, I am second, third time in uh, English girl talking. Oh. Yeah, two, three times, that's it. From the front seat, one of the girls texted the two in the back. It's gonna be like this for two hours. But then Bell reached for the phone in her hand and started flipping through the photos. He paused. Who's this? He wanted to know. And when you send someone a picture of your dick, yeah. it's a dick pic. Dick pic. It's a photo <laughs> of, a, of a dick. Oh, dick pic. P I C. Pic. Yeah. Dick yeah. pic. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. That's you useful. Send, have you sent a huh? dick pic? Do you send dick pics? Oh, dick pics. Do you? To your girlfriend? No, my girlfriend. You don't send them? No girlfriend, no send them. You don't need a girlfriend to send a dick pic, though. I don't, I, I, no girlfriend. You don't want one? You don't want one? Or do you want a girlfriend or no? I want a girlfriend, but is, I am not English. It's always my problem language. But what about the Punjabi girls? Oh, don't, I don't like them. Why? Why? It's, it's <laughs> That's me. Money, 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 money. Pick, pick. Maybe that'll get through to <laughs> It's true. When English fails you, just send a dick pic. Yeah, it felt like a good deed to make Bell a Tinder profile. They've been in his position, away from home, kind of lonely, in need of sex. Writing him a Tinder profile was a public service. The only way they could ever really pay him back for the ride. Oh, no, no, I you don't have know. a match. Yeah. Jesse. Jesse? This is the match. Wait, I want to show you her. 35. She's a Las Vegas local. Doctor, doctor. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you want to say? It says insert yeah. money. You, you want to just say like whiskey? Yeah. <laughs> Everything. Whiskey, beer, chicken. Most funny. generic profile I've ever read in my entire oh, life. Most of these profiles are. So like 25. Yeah. She loves Jamba Juice. Um, she likes like? juice. No, I think it's closer. Let's let's just see. Let's just cut straight to the chase. I mean, our man yeah, here is not looking for anything serious. He's only in town for one night. They're like, hey, I'm in town for By the time they reached the Vegas outskirts, the tender date had been made, and now it was up to Belle to go through with it or not. 
He wanted to keep in touch, but what else was there to say? You are like, um, I don't know, like the rebel in your family? Rebel? Like, yeah, rebel, like you, you do what you want to do, not what like your parents think you should do, not what your friends think, you just do what you want. Because like, your brothers and sisters, yeah, they brother. stay in India, they work agriculture, you left. Well, we're a pharmacist. Yeah, everyone. you first got this job that no one else had, and then you came here. Did your parents say like, oh, you're crazy? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't want it? Yeah, my parents uh, every time, every day call me, you go back India. You're oh. coming back India. And you say what? What do you say back to them? I have no go back. So, you know, do you get the word rebel? He said he didn't, but maybe he knew exactly what a rebel was and also knew that he wasn't one. But they asked because they wanted to name all the characters in their story all the archetypes who crossed their path in the course of their adventure. He asked if he could drop them by the side of the road, so they climbed down from the trailer and over a gravel embankment, then they walked along the edge of the freeway off-ramp. I don't have my shoes on. They could already see their hotel in the distance, the neon lights of the clown sign, a kitschy beacon, guiding them. They felt different from the tourists smelling around them who were dressed for the strip or night on the slots, who had traveled to Vegas by conventional means. Covered in a layer of road dust and sweat, they stopped to take a photo in the mouth of their cheap hotel. A million lights from the marquee burning hot all around them. Epilogue. The writer Vanessa Veselka was a teenage hitchhiker. For three years, aged 13 to 16, she crisscrossed the United States by hitching rides at truck stops, where people, including the other hitchhikers, all dudes, often regarded her with disapproval and fear. Not curiosity and not admiration, because those are the responses reserved for male hitchhikers, because boys are expected to be daring, to be reckless. We're used to seeing men as the protagonists in adventure stories, like On the Road, Into the Wild, Ishmael, Huck Finn, whereas very few road stories are ever told about women. Boys and men are written as agents of change, but there's no space within patriarchy for female narratives of quests. Women with wanderlust are subtly told it's best for them to stay at home. Women are expected to maintain, they're expected to wait. Most of all, we're told to stay home in order to stay safe. A man on the road is solitary, Veselka writes. A woman on the road is just alone. Most people were surprised when they found out we hitched. They'd raise their eyebrows or laugh and shake their heads. But on the bus ride back to Los Angeles the next day, our Greyhound bus driver admonished us that what we had done was incredibly stupid. He told us we were irresponsible. He called us lucky to be alive. In reality, hitching had been surprisingly easy. On the whole, our driver seemed more wary of us than we were of any of them. All three of us had traveled alone in Europe and Latin America before. One time, Elissa hitched all the way from Berlin to London. 
and all three of us were used to the kinds of questions Veselka describes in her essay about the lack of female road stories. People want to know why you're alone, people want to know what you're running from, other women ask you whether you're scared, men are always concerned about your safety. But as women, we're especially good at assessing threat, because low-key, we're constantly on the lookout for danger. For women, danger is a fact of life so commonplace it barely registers. For the three of us, the reality that something bad might happen is not a very compelling reason not to do something. In fact, it isn't a reason at all. Road narratives about men valorize independence, self-reliance, curiosity, resourcefulness. But those are also all the qualities we value in ourselves. We're travelers. We're road people. We're smart. We're adventurous. We're curious. We do things. We don't give a fuck. We're down. We are worthy protagonists, and our trip is dedicated to anyone who thinks otherwise. Hey, it's Phoebe just calling that vitreous voicemail box because, you know, it's so easy to remember 406-28-BITCH is the number, and, you know, what a way to connect with the ladies behind Bitchy. Uh, what do you guys think of that episode today? Let us know. That was produced by our audio bruja, Elissa Dudley, with some help from me, Phoebe Unter. And the narration was written and voiced by Anna Nicole Kelly. And, yeah, you know, it's been quite a long summer. We've been working on some other stuff, but we know that you guys missed us. So we're glad to be back and to bring you this episode. We have some great stuff coming up for you. Check back for some really fun outtakes from this hitchhiking journey and some other great stuff coming up in the fall. We have this voicemail for a reason. Call it. Say something funny. Say something smart. It could end up on a bitch race episode. And how cool is that? So stay in touch, lovers and listeners. We hope to hear from you.